The Tule Papyrus, a transcription of an ancient Egyptian papyrus dating back to the reign of Thutmose III. This puts it in the region of about 1440 BC. In this papyrus, fiery disks are described. Could this be one of the earliest accounts of UFOs in record? Or is the papyrus, as some have claimed, a hoax? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss the Tully Papyrus. And it is thanks to our Patreon patrons that we are able to discuss this and other UFO-related issues. And in particular, we would like to thank our Explorer of the Week, Dee Nandwani. Now, thank you, Dee, for helping us to make this podcast. If you too would like to get involved and help us to make more and more podcasts discussing a wide range of UFO-related subjects, all you have to do is go over to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and pick a tier that suits you. We have a wide range of financial tiers with some really interesting rewards associated with them. So go along and have a look and pick one that suits you. But thanks again, Dean Andwani, our Explorer of the Week. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Aliens Explored, your weekly look at all things to do with aliens, UFOs, past, present and perhaps glimpsing into the future at times we like to speculate. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. Speculating Stu, they call me. I mean, the dance, I've just made that up. But, uh, but that's, that's going to stick people. now. That's gonna YouTube. <laughs> it's, not, it's not often that nicknames that you choose for yourself stick, <laughs> but uh, in this case... Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so how you been keeping, Neil? Yeah, yeah, very well. Busy. I'm very busy because I've got a proper job now. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's gone on. It's not a, a proper job. You're still acting. No, I'm still acting. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm you know I'm I'm on a salary. I'm actually on a salary, P A Y E. So I'm paying wow. tax on my salary and getting paid holidays and things like that. I haven't had that since 2001, and here we are. 21 years later and I'm back yeah. on the back on the payroll. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I've been um, I've been doing nothing as well. I've been on a feature film recently. Nice. Uh, at uh, oh, as this episode goes out, I'll be about to do a uh, a role in a new sitcom. Uh, of course, I can't talk about any of this. <laughs> Have you just breached your NDA? Uh, no, if I named them, I right, right. <laughs> say, I did a feature film. Well, how would you know which feature film it is? Mm. Cards it's close. science fiction. Cards Very close excited. to the chest. Very excited. It's for science fiction, which is my bag, obviously. It is your bag. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a very, uh, very exciting time. Obviously, gearing up uh, towards December, which I know for many of our listeners, um, it's a bit early yet, but December's quite a big time for us normally, isn't it, Neil? Um, it, it is. It's not going to be for me this year. I mean, for the first time for how, how long is it? Eight years? Since you met me. Since I met you, 2015. So this year, for the first time, I will not be playing my iconic Father Christmas role. I'll be continuing with my Mr. Monopoly role. Have we known each other for seven years? It's 2015 we did that. Um, did yeah, so that'd be seven years this yeah. December. Lapland like November, UK. I suppose we met, didn't we? Yeah, Lapland yeah. UK 2015. Yeah. So we did Harrods 2016, 17, 18, 19. Then I did Zoom Santa 2020. And then I did um, this Screen Park Santa 2021. Yeah, I well, I did a Zoom in um, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm back um, working for the same manager you worked for last time, but um, but in a different place. Yeah, this year. So yeah, so yeah, it's a it's an intensive time. We need to think ahead because well, we need well. Um, our listeners might remember last year we actually shut down Aliens Explored for the month. Because we were so busy. Yeah. Um, we weren't here. I, I was I was stuck on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. And uh, and yeah, and I was I was basically I was knackered. I was working very hard as mm. well. Um we're hoping not to do that this year. We're hoping to get enough episodes recorded in advance that that won't happen mm. this year. Um so yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh my goodness, uh, exciting, exciting times. And an exciting subject, we're talking about the future there for us both, mm. um, but that's not what we're here to discuss no, we're, today. We're here to talk about, the, we're here to dredge up the past. We are indeed three and a half thousand years ago, to be precise. Mm. Um, although some of it uh, just under a hundred years ago as well parts of the story mm. um but yeah this uh this papyrus from the reign of tutmos the third yeah i reckon approximately 1440 i've heard conflicting reports some say the papyrus was from 1440 bc some say 1480 bc mm. um and either one really could be during tutmos the third's reign but- it's funny about the um, the ancient Egyptian civilization. It was around for longer than it hasn't been around. Mm. Much like the, much like the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Although Absolutely. we're talking bigger timescales, but yeah, yeah, they've only not been around for a couple of thousand years, and uh, that's it for three thousand years or something. And but they were they were around for uh, who knows? They don't. They think possibly ten thousand years. That's it. Yeah. So, so this. this pop- 
This papyrus. Yes. Yeah. Very exciting. Talks about flying discs, discs of fire. Um, um, so this it, is this is describes UFOs. It's claimed to be a transcription of an Egyptian papyrus dating from the reign of Tutmos the Third. Um, so it was the claim originated in a 1953 article published in a magazine called Doubt, a magazine of oh. the Fortean Society. I can actually go back a little bit further than that, back to 1933, mm-hmm. uh, when Alberto Tully, who was the then Vatican Museum director, mm. um, and we talked about the Vatican and some of the things they may be hiding. Um, Alberto Tully, after whom the papyrus mm. is mentioned because it's called the Tully Papyrus yeah. for that reason, uh, he was he was in Egypt. He sees a papyrus in an antique store, of all places, um, thinks it's rather too expensive, but he recognises it, as you would hope in his mm. role, uh, recognises it as an ancient Egyptian papyrus. Uh, and you have to bear in mind that certainly at that time um, there was a huge sort of ancient Egypt fever going on, particularly around the Western world. Um, because we, the discovery of Tutankhamun. Because of Tutankhamun. 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 But even prior to that, um, in the 1800s, people used to do things, they'd buy mummies, mummified bodies, mm. and then... They'd stand them up in the corner of the room as a display piece. <laughs> and a lot of, I mean, it's, it's serious stuff, this. The, mm. A lot of mummies were destroyed as a result. Um, you know, they'd have unwrapping parties. Are you talking about Egyptian mummies? Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm talking about Victorians would have unwrapping parties of ancient Egyptian mummies. I didn't know that. They'd buy an ancient Egyptian mummy. Yeah, it, it was a real... Um, I mean, talking about plundering the um, hmm. the wealth of a nation. Um, and grave robbing on was absolutely rife, and it was, it was happening a huge, hmm. huge amount. And, of course, things were being sold on the black market um, and what have you. So... To some people, I suppose, the idea of an ancient Egyptian papyrus turning up in an antique shop in 1933 might sound a bit odd, but actually it's not that it's not that strange. Um, because yeah, there was there was a real thirst for that kind of thing and for people who had the money. And um, no appreciation of its historical value is just a thing to have. Absolutely. Um now Alberto Tully felt it was somewhat overpriced mm. so he copied it down this was 1933 mm. uh, now his what whatever happened to that original papyrus nobody seems to know um that's the the last we ever heard of it um and yeah it might have ended up in somebody's loft somewhere and deteriorated crumbled to dust probably Mm. Um, as again, so many of these things uh, did. Um, yeah, they they have to be kept very carefully, and they're very specific conditions for for keeping them, which isn't cheap. That's why, yes, they're they're in museums and not in, not in people's homes. 
Exactly. And, and the moment you take it outside of Egypt, which of course is very, very dry, into a mm. humid country like 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 England, mm. um, yeah, it's just going to deteriorate if it's not kept properly. Um, yeah, so he, he's taken this copy. Now, I'm guessing he must have paid the shop owner something to copy it down or, mm. you know... I've no idea. I, uh, the the records mm. don't seem to show anything on that. Um, he he supposedly copied it during a single viewing of the original papyrus using quote an ancient Egyptian shorthand. Yes. Okay. Yes. I guess there is a shorthand version of the hieroglyphics, isn't there? You don't have to actually draw detailed pictures. You, you can ah, represent now it. So. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Pick up something there because uh, mm-hmm. you described it as being hieroglyphics. It was actually hieratic. Okay. Now, one of the translations that was done initially uh, from his copy, which you're absolutely right, you know, he used a, a, a basically a shorthand version. Hmm. Um, people then went and translated it into hieroglyphs. Hmm. So you've got hieratic to a shorthand version of a hieratic to then hieroglyphs. By people for whom, obviously, th- their first language is a different one. Yes. Uh, but that in of itself, you know, we are talking anthropologists and, hmm. you know, and what have you. So the fact it's not their first language I don't think is much of an issue. Um, but hieroglyphics are basically a, a totally different language, again, uh, hmm. to hieratic. So the so the the Tully papyrus is written in hieratic. Yes. So, so why was it translated to hieroglyphics? I don't know why they did that. <laughs> I really don't know why. But hieroglyphics is just another language. Um, well, it's, a, it's a different form of representing. Is it a different language or a different form? Just for, a form of writing down the same language. Uh, like no, Jap- it's a diff- it is a different language. Okay. I believe. I think still, I'm questioning this in my own head now. <laughs> but still from still from ancient Egypt. Still from ancient Egypt. I mean well, when we talk about ancient Egypt, as you rightly said, it was around for longer than it's not been. Yeah. You know, and, and you look at uh, the languages that have been spoken in this country since then. Mm. You know, you've got Latin, you've got various forms know, of English. Latin, Latin to English, you know, I mean they're you could argue, well, it's the same hmm. sort of, it's the same basic language. It's not, but you could argue a kind of thing. Well, um, French, French has been a dominant language in this country for a long time as well. Hmm. You know, yes. it was after the Norman invasion, it was the the well, the language of nobility for about three hundred years, but it, it remained the language of court right up until the French Revolution in seventeen eighty nine. Mm. Something that always always makes me laugh every time, and I had cause to say it quite recently in a in a serious situation, mm. and it just it makes me laugh every time. Is the phrase English is the lingua franca? Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, yeah, the, the irony of it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, it, it is that it is that kind of misnomer, isn't it? That um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the right word for it, but yeah, French was the lingua franca. It was the language of court. I don't mean criminal court, or mm. uh, I mean actually the you know, the court of the, the kings and queens. It was the universal yeah. language, and it was the language of international diplomacy. 
and all that went with the French Revolution. And now, of course, English is the lingua franca. Yeah. Anyway, that's just mm-hmm. sorry. That just amuses me a little bit. Um, so yeah, so it's yes, originally written in hieratic. Um, I think hieratic was one of the languages on the Rosetta Stone. Oh, I thought the Rosetta Stone was um, it had something written in Greek, which was yes, um, the language of the ancient Egyptians, and one one half in Greek and then the other half in hieroglyphics. And that's how they were able to work out what hieroglyphics meant, because they had a crib. They, they knew what the Greek meant. There's that's actually it. three languages on the Rosetta Stone. I've seen the the actual Rosetta Stone. Uh, is, it, is it in the British Museum, along with all our other plundered treasures from the Empire? It is indeed. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, you've got three versions. Um, uh, it is... Uh, do, 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 do. Sorry, just looking quickly. Sorry, I just saw this. Hmm. Uh, uh, three versions of a decree issued in Memphis in 196 BT. Hmm. Uh, the top and middle texts are ancient Egyptian. Oh, it's hieroglyphic and demotic. Okay. Uh, are the top and middle texts. The bottom one, you're absolutely right, is ancient Greek. Yeah, so it wasn't hieratic. Mm. Uh, it was demotic. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's slightly off the off the point. Yes, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, the, the, got... I mean, the point we're getting at is the content of this virus, of this papyrus, which, which made references to circles of fire or fiery discs... Oh, shall I read out the translation, uh, the, the, what is considered yeah. the most modern translation? Um, I, I don't think, I don't using, think Jerry, Jerry would forgive you if you didn't. Uh, using modern, oh yes, Jerry <laughs> would mention it in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, this is a translation by the anthropologist R. Cedric Leonard. Um, mm. And yeah, it, it uses more modern language uh, mm. than the... Uh, some of the other translations. And it goes, In the year 22 of the third month of winter, sixth hour of the day, something, Mm. among the scribes of the House of Life, it was found that a strange fiery disc was coming in the sky. It had no head. The breath of its mouth emitted a foul odour. Its body was one rod in length, that is approximately 150 feet, Mm-hmm. and one rod in width. It had no voice. It came towards his majesty's house. Their heart became confused through it, and they fell upon their bellies. They went to the king to report it. His majesty ordered that the scrolls located in the house of life be consulted. His majesty meditated on all these events which were now going on. After several days had passed, they became more numerous in the sky than ever. They shined in the sky more than the brightest brightness of the sun and extended to the limits of the four supports of heaven. Powerful was the position of the fiery discs. Mm. An army of the king looked on, with his majesty in their midst. It was after the evening meal when the discs ascended even higher in the sky to the south. 
Fish and other volatiles rained down from the sky, a marvel never before known since the foundation of the country. And his majesty caused incense to be brought to appease the heart of Armand Ray, the god of the two lands. And it was ordered that the event be recorded for his majesty in the annals of the house of life to be remembered forever. Mm. So there you go. Fiery discs appearing. Foul odours coming from it. No noise. Silent, fiery discs. Brighter than the sun. Mm. Approaching approaching the palace. And then multiplying. Mm. Over, over de- After several days, they had multiplied and were more numerous in the sky than ever. Well, I can't think of any natural phenomenon that would produce that. Nope, and lots of people have tried to speculate on it, and, and yeah, nobody seems to be able to come up with um, mm. a good explanation for that. I mean, more than that, it's actually physical fire that, that they can smell. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's an unusual one. Uh, a noxious, what was it? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, the breath of its mouth emitted a foul odour. So it's almost like it's pumping out some sort of gas. Or, or could it be that some of the people watching it were shitting themselves? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what they could smell. This caused, it's caused that smell. So it talks about the witnesses. Um, their hearts became confused through it and they fell upon their bellies. Mm. Uh, so again, looking at UFO sort of witness statements, um, not an uncommon theme is a feeling of absolute terror mm. and confusion. So that kind of the the fact it's it had no voice i'm reading that as it was silent hmm. which you'd expect you know i don't know what you'd expect in ancient egypt in the year 22 yeah. as was which uh, i think that works out as at 1440 i see, I've, I've never BC. known this this because this i mean i can imagine in times bc they didn't count their years backwards did they they had no, their own calendar that, 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 that retrospectively we, we count it backwards. No, they would say year 22. That's probably, oh, I, this is pure speculation on my part, and if any Egyptologists mm. want to correct me, please feel free. But I'm guessing that will be the 22nd year of the III's reign. Mm. I guess, yeah, that's good. Your guess that, is good as mine. That seems good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's not the, the 22nd year of, of human existence, no. as far as I can say. There was, there was nobody there over the age of 22. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's quite compelling. It's quite compelling. I mean, it has been suggested that, um, that uh, Tully was uh, subjected to a hoax. Um. I've I've heard this theory. Yeah. Um, and indeed, yes, there were papyruses that were mm. created as hoaxes to again yeah. because there was a, a real desire, real thirst for ancient Egyptian artifacts. 
Mm. Um, it, yeah, people faked them. That, and, and that was well, quite a common practice. The the two who are suggesting it was a hoax, Jacques Vallée and Chris Albeck, um, of course, one of the main reasons for su- suggesting it was a hoax is that um, they've never seen the original. Uh, the, the, you know, Tully supposedly copied it during a single viewing of mm-hmm. the original Papyrus, and, uh, yeah, the original, as he said, has, has disappeared. Um, and that's probably, probably destroyed now, probably doesn't exist. And they they claim the alleged text, so his transcription, likely contained errors, making it impossible to verify. But, yes. Um, So this is, just to, to, this is the mm. museum director of the Vatican. Mm. And Mm. and the whole, he copied it down in a single sitting. Well, yeah, if the sitting is long enough, how long would you need Mm. to copy down that passage? If you've got a couple of hours with it, mm. um, you know, if if the sh- if he'd paid the shop owner to sit with this thing for a couple of hours and copy it down, um, I mean, from the shop owner's perspective, you know, not only does he get the income from um, from the guy paying to to copy it down, but he's also still got the papyrus to sell. Yeah. So you know, win win uh, from mm. the shop owner if that's the case. Um, it, it, yeah, I reckon you know copying it down a couple of hours would do. Uh, so a single sitting, that's perfectly but, reasonable. Presum- presumably, Tully could read. He he understood what the, what the papyrus was saying, so he knew which bit to copy, or did he just copy the whole thing? I suspect he copied the whole thing because that is that is a translation of the the entirety of it. Okay, I mean, a papyrus I, I... is a single scroll. It, it is, yeah. I remember when I was working at the Tower of London and we were doing um, calligraphy. We were copying. You know, we, we actually had quill pens and ink and doing calligraphy. And we, we, we were able to make quite good copies of these sample documents. But we couldn't read it, couldn't understand it because it's in Latin. And, and also the shape of the letters made it very difficult to – is that an A or an E or whatever? So we couldn't read it. And I did wonder if, if in – times past there would have been scribes who would have been given a document to copy that they they weren't capable of reading and understanding it but they could make an exact copy of it mm. they, bit, bit like a human photocopier really yeah so yeah absolutely that, i mean that 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 offers security doesn't it if you want to copy a, a a secret document yeah get it copied by someone who can't read but who can and copy cer- her certainly um Tully's- Tully's role would, even if he even if he couldn't read the hieratic directly, mm. he would absolutely know and understand the importance of being accurate in his copying. He, he would, but if you're copying something that you don't understand, I imagine it'd be quite easy to make a mistake that you'd read the same line twice, or you would miss a line, or you know you'd be constantly doing that because you, you, what you're writing down makes no sense. It's just a picture that you're copying. Well, no, I, I think. It'd be easy to do. I, I, I don't think, think you'd you'd miss a line because mm. you you know what you've already written and you can just mm. match that up to where you are. But also, it's yeah, it's it's not just a typo. I mean, there is a complete story there, isn't there, about fire in the sky? It's not just yeah. It's not not no one say oh, it's probably possibly a miss a miss a mistranslation of a storm cloud or no. And and for it to be a hoax would mean and like I say, 
it's not so you and I we, we've mentioned this earlier in mm. fact, we, we've both worked at Harrods and one of the things about Harrods because it was at one point owned by a famous Egyptian person mm. there are there's the Egyptian stairwell or whatever yeah. they call it the Egyptian escalator where it's a load of escalators and it's surrounded by Egyptian hieroglyphs and it, it looks Statues like a sort of, and, uh, if you if you went to a theme park ride that was set in ancient Egypt, um, yes, it, 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 it's that basically. It's all painted gold and quite garish. And and I can tell you because one of my exes uh, is actually an Egyptologist. Okay, um, an amateur one, but but hmm. she taught me quite a lot. And one of the things she taught me is when you look at these things to look and see which are real hieroglyphs and which are made up. And mm. there's a lot of made-up ones in that Harrods. Yeah. A lot of things that look like hieroglyphs, but they're not. Mm. And and you see that a lot in these. When you say like a theme ride, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, yeah. You see a lot of made-up hieroglyphs in that. Um, yeah, she could um, she could translate hieroglyphics wow. into... into she have to translate it into... No, she could translate direct from hieroglyphs to English. She was very, very mm. skilled. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, again, Talib would have Talib would have been educated, and the fact he was in Egypt, you know, he must mm. have known something about Egypt. And, and did he just stumble across this thing, or did someone kind of give him a tip? Or you know, there might be something. I, I don't know. All, all I know is he found it in an antique shop. Mm. So your guess, but. Then that's yeah. a place he would be looking because, like I said, antique shops would have been selling off ancient Egyptian artifacts. Mm. I mean, we, we've talked about the Bible and references to angels coming down on fiery shields and that sort mm. of thing, which because that's how biblical scholars have decided to interpret things in the sky. There must be an angel, and maybe I guess the Egyptians didn't have anything in their mythology that would. Uh, that would account for fires in the sky. They just oh, it's just fires in the sky. They got a sun god. They got a they, sun god. They yeah. thought the sun was an actual god. Rather. Yeah, but did they have a, a, any kind of explanation for the sun? Well, maybe the sun god sending his disciples or or coming close or who knows? But it seems. I mean, the the document does seem quite. I say open minded for it. Um, mm. But we've missed a huge, huge part of this. Um, when the discs eventually disappeared, they went off to the south and just kept going mm. higher and higher. And then it rained fish. Mm. I don't know quite what it means by other volatiles. Um, no. Fish and seaweed and oysters and things like that. I don't know. But that that has happened before, hasn't it? When you when you get a water oh, yeah. spout, a tornado or something, it, it can lift fish out of the ocean and well, drop that's them. A theoretical, but, I believe, isn't it? But it, it and and I have read accounts in in modern times, in recent times, of it suddenly raining fish mm. for some reason. They've all been picked up by something, and but you don't expect it in Egypt. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, when I was based. In Cyprus, in the Mediterranean, we we had a couple of water spouts, right? Tornadoes, effectively. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay, you've got. I mean, this is not an area known for its rains of 
any mm. description whatsoever. Mm. Uh, obviously, we are talking about mm. Egypt. Um, mm. So, but there are biblical references to you know, plagues of you know, frogs dropping out of the sky, aren't there? Plagues of locusts. Plagues of locusts, but wasn't wasn't there frogs what dropping out of the sky? The um, possibly, possibly um, similar kind of thing. But if it is. <sighs> So if it's in an area where you, you don't really get tornadoes like that and, and water mm. spouts and what have you, um, could it be that the sudden disappearance, the sudden atmospheric disturbance by all these craft suddenly leaving mm. caused a, a meteorological phenomenon? Your guess is as good as mine, mate. That's why they call me yeah. speculating, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, but what do you think? I mean, we've we've hit that time when we like to speculate about the about the subject. Come on, this is Tully Papyrus. Is it an account of UFOs? Um, I'm I'm I tend to view your know, ancient documents that seem to describe these things as as not very reliable sources of information that. Um, you don't really know how many times the story was told and retold and exaggerated in the telling and distorted before someone eventually wrote it down, wrote down one version of it and maybe distorted it while they're doing it to make it sound better. Um, There's just no way of knowing, really. Um, no. Taking at face value, yeah, fiery, fiery discs in the sky. Um, yeah, it looks like something supernatural, but who knows? That's uh, do you know what I think that's that's absolutely fair um, and I agree it's such a shame that the that he didn't just buy this original document mm. um, it's not like the Vatican's poor um, mm. but now it's uh, we we have what we have with it and yes it is quite possible that it was misinterpreted I do mm. see that maybe, maybe think- also he couldn't verify its authenticity. I mean, yeah. even though the Vatican, your boss might have lots of money, but if you go and buy some, something that's worthless for a lot of money, then, yeah, he's not going to be pleased. No, I, I think that's absolutely so, fair comment. Um, mm. But I do think with something like this, I think there there's often a nugget of truth at the centre of it. Um mm. And uh, it's, it's determining which part is the nugget and which part is... Not, um, mm. but yeah, I think that I, I, I suspect that yeah, we've had a, a UFO encounter or an extraterrestrial or whatever mm. encounter that's been recorded. Um, that's my belief. But what do you think, listeners? Um, is the Tully Papyrus absolutely an accurate uh, record of a UFO encounter? Should it have a passage at the beginning saying all this work is fictional and shouldn't apply to, you know, people's mm. living or dead? Um, you know, any, yeah. any relation yeah. to people's li- I've got that totally wrong. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, is it a work of fiction, perhaps, or even a hoax? 
uh, as has been suggested. Do let us know exactly what you think via the usual means. You can contact us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, of course. I always forget to mention Instagram, uh, but hmm. we are on there as well. You can find us by searching Aliens Explored, or you can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com, and our very special Patreon What's the word I was going to use this time? I always got Patreon mm. patrons, but uh, Patreon members. That's Patreon it. members, yeah. Need to remember that one. Uh, very special Patreon members uh, all get access to our exclusive Discord server. So you can chat with us and other like-minded folk about this episode and about any of the episodes and, indeed, about anything related with ufology. Uh, so yeah uh, do have a look, links are in the description below join us next time though when, oh <laughs> I've been talking about speculating Stu we're mm. going for a real speculative episode next time Neil mm. um, as suggested by our regular listener Michelle uh, we're going to be asking the question are UFOs really time travellers hmm or are they just as a matter of course time travellers <laughs> join us a week ago to this yeah. <laughs> now join us next week when we'll be exploring that particular question uh, in the meantime keep watching out for all sorts of ancient documents and of course keep watching the skies take care for now catch you next time bye bye Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.